Hey friends, well, after a long and for many of you cold winter, are you ready to bring the spirit of the islands into your home? Look no further than Home Threads, where comfort meets coastal living. At HomeThreads.com, you can discover a collection inspired by the tranquility of the beach. From breezy linens to stylish coastal decor, they've got everything you need to turn your home into a seaside retreat, and always at the best value. If you haven't been to the Home Threads website yet, you have to go check it out, see their beautiful bedding, everything they have for your kitchen, lighting, workspace, and a gift guide, which has something for everyone on your list. I'm thinking ahead to Mother's Day, Father's Day, anniversaries, birthdays, and more. So visit homethreads.com forward slash Monica and get a code for 15% off your first order. Because whether you're on the islands or dreaming of the sea, Home Threads brings the beach to you. Home Threads, love where you live. Christian Parenting Aloha friends, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast, powered by Christian Parenting. I am Monica Swanson, mom to four boys, podcast host and author of Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most From You. Here on the podcast, it's my goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising boys in this sometimes crazy world. You can always find show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. I'm so glad you're here. May the good Lord bless and keep you, fill you with his peace. His face will shine upon you. Even as you sleep Every day you're changing Sometimes I wish it wasn't true Hearts are made for giving I've given mine to you friends and welcome back to the Boy Mom Podcast. I am so happy that you're taking the time to join me for today's very special episode. You are just listening to a little clip from such a special song. J.J. Heller is one of my new favorite recording artists, and I'm so honored to get to share her with all of you today. Now, if you haven't heard J.J.'s music yet, you have my permission to pause right now and just holler out to Alexa or get on your Spotify and find some of J.J.'s music. It is just so beautiful. My sons enjoy it. My college boys love to listen to her, and it's just such sweet music, especially, I'm going to say, for us moms. Oh my goodness, she has some lullabies, like the clip you are just listening to, that are so special. And one of her most famous songs, Hand It to Hold, that you are just listening to, has become a children's book that is just really, really special, and I'm going to say should probably go under the tree for 
anybody who's got little ones. Maybe you know someone that has little ones. Maybe you're a grandma. Well, Hand to Hold is such a precious book, and it really does capture my heart for childhood and the wonder of childhood and the imagination that you hear my boys talking about. Well, that's all in that song and in the children's book. So I hope that you can get that. But today we get to talk to JJ and it's actually super fun to just get to hear her story from the beginning when she was a college basketball player through discovering music and then through a season of um, severe anxiety and panic attacks and how that then led her to her music. I think that there will be something in this interview for everyone. We really sat back and just chatted and I got to get to know her and I think you're going to feel like you really get to know her too. She's so just transparent and real and that just makes me love her all the more. Okay, so I don't want to take much time. I want to dive right in, but I do want to pause just briefly to thank you so much for being a part of this podcast community. And guys, your ratings and reviews bless me so much. In fact, I thought I would read you a recent review today. This comes from Che561, C-H-E-Y 561, and she titled it First Pregnancy, It's a Boy, and she gave the show five stars. Thanks so much. She wrote, I never thought I'd be blessed with a boy as my family is solely hundreds of girls. I had to shift my entire perspective and start rewriting everything I've ever expected of parenting. This podcast is a godsend. It's brought me peace and hope. It's given me what I'm lacking. I've cried listening to it many times, maybe hormones, but really just hitting home. Thank you all. So Shay561, thank you for that awesome review and congratulations on the boy. Your whole family is going to be blessed by that bundle of boy energy and I know you're going to do great and it makes me so happy that we can support you here at the Boy Mom Podcast. So if you haven't yet left a rating or review for the Boy Mom Podcast and you've been listening for a while, maybe that's a way you could say Merry Christmas to me. So again, you can hit pause now or come back later and just scroll down on your phone. You're going to see those five stars. You can tap on those. And then if you want to leave a few words about what you love most about the Boy Mom Podcast, that's where you do it. So friends, uh, we have an awesome holiday season ahead. We have some really special uh, episodes coming up. I know during the holidays, things get busy and we get off our normal schedule, but I'm going to tell you next week, we are going to have a marriage and family therapist with us talking about grief during the holidays. And this is someone who has been through grief, lost her husband to cancer, has raised her two children as a widow and has so much wisdom and insight. So I know grief is a really big deal at the holidays. So it's a good episode to tell your friends um, if grief is something that is relevant to your life or somebody you know right now. And I know there's a lot of things going on in the world that make it relevant. Then definitely tune in next week's going to be a real blessing. Uh, and then going into the holidays, super fun stuff. And as we enter the new year, I just love to get really excited and motivated and inspired to have the best possible new year ever. So we've got some awesome interviews coming up in January. So friends, I'm just thankful that you're a part of this community and I hope you'll spread the word and keep coming back for more. And I just truly hope to encourage and bless you with everything we do here at the Boy Mom Podcast. Now, without further ado, we can finally jump in and have this conversation with JJ Heller, where we talk about the wonder of childhood and music and how God has used her story to bless people all around the world. I hope you enjoy. Hey, JJ, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast. 
Thank you so much. So good to be here. Yeah, I'm kind of giddy over here. Just uh, excited to, for the first time ever, talk to a singer-songwriter. And I just have been loving listening to your music and being inspired by you. So before we jump in, and I have a lot of questions for you, can you just give a quick introduction to who you are and what you do? Sure. So I'm JJ Heller, and I have been writing songs and performing for like over 17 years now. Ooh, you um, look like you're 17. That's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. It must yeah. be the, the screen on the computer. I don't know. <laughs> I got to take a screenshot before we're done and post that. <laughs> um, yeah. With, uh, so making music with my husband, we live in Franklin, Tennessee, which is just South of Nashville. And we have two little girls, Lucy and Nora, Lucy is 12 and Nora is nine. Mm, twins, twins. Oh yeah, we're there. We are right there. All right. And tell us a little more about kind of your background, music and how you got to what you're doing now. Sure. Well, I never, ever thought that this is what I would be doing for mm. my job. Okay. I mean, I always loved music, but I, I it wasn't... Honestly, it wasn't even a dream because it felt too outlandish. Uh, you know, everybody mm -hmm. wants to like, oh, I'm going to be a singer when I grow up. <laughs> um, but I was actually more into sports when I was a kid. And my family is more sports oriented. Um, so I kind of focused more on that. And actually, my whole dream when I was a kid was to grow up and play basketball in college. Wow. Um, and so I worked really hard at that. And I, I'm are not you very tall? tall. No. Yeah, I'm how only, tall are you? I'm 5'5". Five five, okay. So. <laughs> I was a basketball player too. And I'm just under 5'4". So okay. I, I yeah. feel, yeah. But I, so I wasn't probably as good as you. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we have to work extra hard yeah. because we're not very tall. Yeah. Um, but lucky for me, my dad was a basketball coach and still is a basketball coach. And so every weekend he would take me to the gym and he would rebound for me and I would shoot over and over and over. I got really good at making three pointers. Yeah. That was my thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you have to be able to be yeah. a good shooter if you're short. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so by the end of my senior year of high school, I was voted the most valuable player of my league. Wow. Um, just because I just got really good at, at making baskets. And um, and so that kind of opened the door for me to play basketball in college. And so I just, yeah, I went to this like teeny tiny Christian school in Northern California. Okay, what, what's it called? Do you mind telling us? Simpson College in okay. Redding, California. I think I've I've heard of that. And I thought, you know, maybe if I work hard enough that I can be the MVP of my league at the end of my college career. Um, and so I went and I had like all of these high hopes and all of a sudden I could not make a basket if my life depended on no. it. No. Oh, and I was so discouraged. And, you know, I thought, okay, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to be best friends with my roommate. Like, I'm going to be friends with all the girls on my team. It's going to be amazing. And I just like, not only was I not playing well, but I didn't feel like I fit in with, with the girls on the team, with the culture. Um, I didn't like connect with my roommate. Oh no, <laughs> nothing just, was falling into place. No, it was a what? really, really hard year for me. Um, 
And at the end of that basketball season, I decided that I wasn't going to play again the following year, just because it like, it felt, uh, there was no joy in it anymore. And in college, it's like a whole nother level of commitment. Uh, we were traveling every weekend and just practicing like three hours a day and having to miss dinner. So we had to pick up like a sack lunch from the cafeteria on mm-hmm. the way back to the dorm. And anyway, I just, I felt really lost after that experience of, you know, deciding to quit playing basketball because that was what I was working toward. That was my dream. And and, and part of your identity at that point, right? Exactly. Yeah. I, I always thought of myself as an athlete and then all of a sudden I wasn't anymore. Um, and so my college that I went to, they sent different missions teams out all over the world every summer. And so what's kind of funny is I, I signed up to go to Canada um, to teach drama camps for kids. And, and I kind of laugh about how, like, I feel like God knew that I wasn't very adventurous. And so he kind of tricked me into signing up because eventually all the doors closed to go to Canada and a whole bunch of doors open to go to Kenya, Africa. Mm, what? And I would never have signed a up. Whole nother like, thing. Was, yeah. I was not brave enough to go all the way to Africa. Um, but I was like already on the train, you know, we were moving that direction. I was like, okay, yeah, I guess going to Kenya for six weeks. Wow. Um, and like God did so much work in my heart while I was there because I was so broken and so lost and trying to figure out who I was and like what God thought about me and what what brought me value if I wasn't like achieving, you know, in sports anymore. And so it was this like really instrumental moment in, in my own life. And while I was there, a girl on my team, my missions team, um, taught me how to play guitar. And I wrote my first song while, oh while So we you were. had not played even before. No, I had, I'd taken piano lessons growing up, but I, I only knew how to read sheet music. Um, so I wasn't the kind of kid who would just sit down and, and figure out a song that I had heard on the radio. Um, and I'd always like singing. Okay. So you had been singing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're in Africa. Wrote wow. my first song, learned how to oh. play the guitar. And it was Did you like, know right away? I, I knew... Uh, I think I felt this sense of, um, wow, this, I really like this. Like it, it, it felt very natural and healing for me. I just knew that it was an amazing way for me to process all of the emotions Mm -hmm. that I was feeling at the time, but it wasn't like this lightning bolt moment where I thought, now I know the plan for my life, but like, this is the new direction. Um, it was just kind of one of those things where I thought, wow, I really, really like this. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to keep practicing. And, and there was actually another moment, um, in Africa, it was my turn to wash the dishes and I started singing while I was washing the dishes and one by one, like the rest of my, um, 
my missions team came and like sat down to listen to me sing. And I like started to feel self-conscious and I stopped singing and they said, no, please, like, please keep singing. And I said, are you sure? <laughs> Cause you know, I was in a vocal ensemble all through high school, but I never got very many solos. And so I thought, you know, I, I like singing, but apparently I'm better at sports. So I'll just focus on that. And, and this one guy um, said, I pay money to hear you sing. And I like, I still remember him saying that because at that point I didn't think of my voice as anything special. And so it was just like these two little seeds that, that God planted in my heart in that totally like pivotal transitional moment in my life. And, and so I, I kept writing songs and I played for girls in my dorm and they would relate to the subject that, that I was singing about. And, um, eventually I, um, I met my husband, mm. um, he was leading worship for an on-campus ministry. Um, back, I ended up moving back home. He, like, we started playing songs together and, and it was just one of those things where like, another opportunity opened up. And so we said yes. And then another opportunity and, and eventually we got engaged and had to figure out, okay, well, what are we going to do after we get married? And, and we thought we were both used to eating like rice and beans and like dollar <laughs> menu, you know, college yeah, students. Totally. Um, and, and so we thought, okay, we're going to try music for one year. And if it doesn't work out, we'll just do the normal thing, but let's just give it a shot. Like we didn't have any debt, like no kids, no responsibilities. This is the time. This is the time. Yeah. Uh, we have a very low standard of living. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah. And that was, you know, like 17 years ago and incredible. And here, we are. here you are. And he, your husband is still doing music with you. This is your full-time thing. Yep. Oh my goodness, that is just so much fun, and um, and his background then was already in music. He was doing music when you met him. A little bit. I mean, he in junior high, he had learned how to play the guitar and kind of helped out with his like church youth group. But mm -hmm. um, he actually went to school for photojournalism, and so he thought he was going to graduate and be a newspaper photographer. Oh, but All right. But, there, but apparently yeah. God had different plans. <laughs> so awesome. Well, I just love that. And um, then bring us up to speed. Lullabies, tell us tell us kind of the, the path that your songwriting and singing took and what role your husband plays in that as well. Sure. It's hard to tell briefly. Um, but, <laughs> you know, I like a big part of the songs that I write now kind of come out of my history with, um, panic and anxiety. Mm. Um, and like years and years ago, um, about the time that Dave and I got married, my husband and I, um, I just started to have panic attacks and, uh, and it was really overwhelming. I had multiple panic attacks every day. Mm. Yeah. I just like prayed that God would take it all away immediately and just, you know, ask for a miracle, like a miraculous, like instant healing, they're gone. And, and he didn't choose to answer my prayer that way, which was 
really frustrating at the time because I couldn't see how any sort of goodness could come from something that just felt like my biggest burden to carry. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, like I took a lot of little baby steps toward healing. Um, just man, it felt it really felt um, that the truth of that God is near to the brokenhearted because I just felt so broken in that mm-hmm. season in my life. And, and I prayed more than I ever have in my whole life just because I had to, yeah. Um, yeah. like I was painfully aware of my need. Sure. Um, uh, but slowly over time, like I got stronger, I learned different tools, how to like combat these panic attacks that would mm-hmm. come. Um, and then uh, kind of in the worst of that, we sat down with another songwriter and and we wrote a song about that, about like, how come God doesn't answer our prayers the way that we want him to sometimes? Um, mm-hmm. and, but like we kind of through the song came to the conclusion that like, even when it feels like everything is falling apart around us, that that God still stands firm um, and that his love for us is bigger and deeper than anything that we can mm. imagine. Um, yeah. and that we never leave his hands. And, yeah. and so like the song is called your hands. And okay. I was just going to um, ask, we can still find that. Yeah. <laughs> oh That's yeah. Awesome. Well, and so the crazy thing with this song about anxiety, eventually like a girl used that song to audition for the show. So you think you can dance. Mm. And that episode was viewed by like 7 million people. Oh my goodness. And one of those people happened to work at a Christian radio station. And then he just on a whim played the song the next morning. And then people called in and said, man, I can really relate to that song because I'm in this broken place. Mm -hmm. But that song reminds me of God's faithfulness. More people called in and then it just kind of snowballed. Um, And before we knew it, the song was on Christian stations all over the country. It was on the billboard charts. Like, so that was your big moment. That was yeah. when everything kind of exploded. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. I love it. It's so, it's, cool. so like never, never in a million years did I think that I would have a song on the billboard charts. Right. The, I think my favorite part about that story though, is just all of a sudden I, I started to get hundreds of letters and emails and Facebook messages from people saying, I turn on the radio in my car and your song came on and, you know, it would be a story about, I had just signed my divorce papers or I was visiting my mom in the hospital Mm -hmm. as she was going Mm -hmm. through chemo or I was driving home from a funeral or just all of these moments where, where people were hurting and then how God used my song to bring them hope and peace and remind them of, of the truth. And so like for me to hear all those songs, think back to the moment when I wrote the song um, and just like, why God are you allowing me to experience so much pain? And I can see that he was able to use my pain and turn it into a song and then use it in the lives of thousands of people. Yeah. Millions of of people. Yeah. Yeah. That I've never even met. Oh, that is just so cool. 
I, I love that so much. And, and it's a reminder, I think to all of us that in big and small ways, that's what God can do with all of our pain, with anything we go through. When we surrender it to him, he can turn around and use it to be a blessing to others. So you've been faithful to do that. You know, you could have kept it to yourself, but I'm so glad you did. And, and music is just so powerful, right? I mean, I was telling you before we hit record that my family is very musical. My my boys, you know, I've got big older boys in the house, so I don't always get to choose the music that's playing. Fortunately, my husband and my boys all have great taste in music, but I think about what music can do to you. It, It just opens your spirit up in such a special way. And, and when there is a message that is just hitting you in that right place, there's nothing like it. Like what a gift God's given us in music. And, and I think back to when I was first maybe in college or newly married and I would come home to dinner and my parents would play a couple different songs when we all sat down to dinner and they would every time cry. And I remember just thinking like, what is it about music that does that to people? But now that I'm a mom and now that my kids are growing up, especially now that I have two that live most of the year far from home. And then I listen to your music and I'm going to just tell you, <laughs> oh my goodness. I um I actually watched the music video and we're going to get there. We've got we've got a, a special song that has been a really big hit as well and now it's a children's book that just as we're recording just released, right? Just this mm-hmm. week. Yeah. And so um I watched that video. I had to stop it <laughs> partway through because I was just a wreck. I was like everything I love about motherhood, everything I love about raising kids and and the process of them growing up and letting go. And so I, I want to go into all of that. But just thinking about what you can do when you take something going on in your own life and you turn that into a message that can encourage others. I just... I wish I could do it. I wish I, I wish that was my gift, but I just love that you've taken it and really used it to um, be a blessing to so many. So I can't wait. Um, you said that that song was called Your Hands, yeah? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. And then from there, you continued and more songs, not all lullabies, right? The lullabies are something that you've been famous for, but you've done all different kinds of music, right? Right. Well, so what happened is your hands got on the radio and then the next year we, we pitched another song called what love really means. And that got on the radio and we thought, you know, everybody says it's so hard to get a song on the radio, but you just, you just give them a song and they play it. It's amazing. (laughs) Um, Little did we know, um, you know, we, we spent the next couple of years just like pitching song after song to, to radio stations. And they kept saying, we like it. I don't think it fits on our format. Mm. Um, like, let us know if you have another one. And you're like, dang, that was, that was so easy before. And now, now what? Right. Yeah. That's a tough feeling. And we had seen uh, like, while we felt what it felt like to have that level of success and, um, publicity Mm -hmm. and all of these people now, we're familiar with my music and it was incredible. And so we like my husband and I were just kind of like chasing that to try to replicate it and and just like beating our heads against the wall. And I kept trying to write a song that maybe they would play and like, how do I crack the code? What's the magic formula? And oh my goodness. 
Yeah, I, I so relate. When this comes out, I will have just shared a a uh, episode a few weeks back, sharing the story of my book, Boy Mom, and and this podcast and how I got here. But part of that story was that seven years ago, I wrote a blog post that had a similar experience. Now, on a much smaller scale, I'm not quite, I'm not, I'm not claiming to be a billboard charting, you know, anything. But <laughs> I wrote a blog post kind of like that that just everything was aligned. You know, it was God's favor. It was timing. It was what people were looking for. It was called what a teenage boy needs most from his mom. But in a couple of weeks time, millions of people read it. My computer was crashing, same thing, emails. And I remember after that, similarly thinking, well, let's just keep these going. <laughs> I can, yeah. And I, I've, you know, like you, I had a few others that were really big, but sometimes I have written things that I'm like, this is better than anything I've ever written, put it on the blog and crickets, right? And you're just going, what in the world? Tell me the code. <laughs> Somebody help me figure out because it it feels so good to share your heart. You know, it's I'm sure that there's some ego, some pride, something in there that, you know, I fight against. But at the same time, it's like I want the world to hear this because I really believe that it can be used. And so, yeah, keep going with your story. I just had oh, to yeah. say, wow, I resonate with that so much. Yes. Oh, <laughs> man. Yeah. yeah. You just, yeah. Um, and it got to the point where I just didn't even want to write songs anymore because they weren't just flowing out of my heart. It, it was, I was, I was trying to solve a mystery, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. trying to like force something to happen. Right. Um, but I was a young mom at the time, like both of my girls were like itty bitty. And, and I thought, you know, I'm just, I think I need to pivot away from this and write songs about my kids. And cause that was like, that, that was on my heart and, yeah. and that felt authentic. authentic. And yeah. And I thought, you know, what if we just make a whole album, a whole album full of lullabies? It probably won't be a big deal. It's kind of, it'll be a side project, but it feels like what my heart needs to do right now. And so we made it. And that was in 2014. And it's called I Dream of You. And we just spent a couple of weeks making it and then released it into the world. And it, it was like, you know, people liked it, but it wasn't like gangbusters. But then after a few years, um, I noticed that on streaming platforms that it was my most streamed album. Mm. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. And I started to notice that there was this momentum that was gaining um, that moms were telling other moms. And um, and so then I decided to to make another lullaby album called I Dream of You Volume 2. Mm. And and then eventually made I Dream of You Volume 3. Mm. <laughs> oh, and just kind of fell in love with this idea of, of making lullabies, um, music for children and their parents that, that like they can both listen to at the same time and and feel a sense of peace and comfort and totally. nostalgia. Mm. Um and and you know what's interesting is I I was having a conversation with a friend of mine a couple years ago, and he was familiar with my history with anxiety. And he said, JJ, do you think that there's any correlation between your history with panic attacks and the way that you make lullabies? And it was this light bulb moment for mm -hmm. me. I had never put that together before. 
but um I, you know obviously i write these songs for my children but they're also messages that my own soul needs to hear and it was just like this really beautiful reminder that you know my anxiety while it is so much more under control than it was mm -hmm. all those mm -hmm. years ago I think it's something that I'm going to wrestle with my entire life. Like I just kind of, my mind just defaults to fear and like worst case scenarios. And so it's always felt like this like burden that I've been carrying around. Um, but in that moment, I realized, you know, if it wasn't for my anxiety, none of these lullabies would yeah. exist. Yeah, yeah. That's beautiful. And that's how God works, right? Hey friends, I hope you are enjoying this conversation and I want to pause real quick because it is December and that means we are coming to the end of the year and I just want to remind all of you that this podcast, the Boy Mom Podcast, is edited and produced and supported by Christian Parenting Podcast Network and that's a really big deal. I took a long time to decide to team up with Christian Parenting and I have been so blessed by everything that they do at Christian parenting and they are committed to resourcing parents like you with the biblical guidance you need to raise your kids to follow Jesus in a world that's doing everything it can to throw you off track. You know what I'm talking about. But to reach more parents like you next year, we got to end this year strong. And that's why Christian Parenting has set a $25,000 year-end goal and it's why we're asking you to pitch in with a generous gift by December 31st to help meet it. So anything you give will be doubled by a $7,500 match. And you can give today by just going to cpgive.org. Again, that's the letters, cpgive.org. So again, if you enjoy the Boy Mom podcast, just know that what I do is much because of everything Christian Parenting does. I so appreciate them. And you can help support me by supporting Christian Parenting. One more time, you can give today at cpgive.org. And we so appreciate you teaming up with us in that way. And always when you spread the word about this podcast to your friends, maybe taking a screenshot, putting it on your social media, it is all such a blessing and such a way to help support boy moms all over the world. Okay, now back to our conversation with JJ. Bring us up to hand to hold. Talk to us about that and about the new book. Sure. Well, um, a couple years ago, we wrote another lullaby called Hand to Hold. And so my husband, Dave, and I sat down with another songwriter friend of ours who has kids as well. And we just thought, what is a song of blessing that we can write for our children? Like, what do we want to communicate to them? Because I think, you know, we as parents have hearts full, overflowing with love for our children. But it's, it's hard to express sometimes. It is. It is. Um, and I think, you know, sometimes when, when your kids are really little, you're trying to put them to bed and you're so tired <laughs> and it's just like, I love you. Go to sleep. Yes. Um, and so we kind of had the luxury to sit down and take like several hours to talk about what are the things that we want to pray over our children and, and so the verses of the song are talking about like 
trees are made for climbing, days are made for sun, puddles are for jumping, fields are made to run. And it's just like all these delightful things that that children love. And then and then the chorus says, may you never lose the wonder in your soul. May you always have a blanket for the cold. May the living light inside you be the compass as you go. And may you always know you have my hand to hold. Man. And like, I just, <laughs> I just, just it. Oh, me too, quoting yeah. the lyrics, like just thinking about my children. I mean, because they are growing up, but but no matter how old they get, no matter where they go, I just want them to know that I am always there for yes. them. Yes. Like their biggest yes. cheerleader. Amen. Oh my goodness. No, this, this, the lyrics are just beautiful. And I, I, the fact that you talk about having a hand to hold, it just is special to me. I, I share a story actually in Boy Mom about how I was walking down the street with my son who was he, was he 13 by then? I forget what I, what, what exact age he was, but we were in California for a, a surf contest and we just naturally were walking down the street and we, he grabbed my hand and we were holding hands as we walked. And I tell the story of, of how all of a sudden in that moment it hit me. Well, first of all, I was terrified that one of his friends would see us because, you know, the surf community, I don't know how cool it is to be holding your mom's hand. <laughs> and I thought, oh, if somebody sees us, he's going to get embarrassed and let go. And then as we're walking, I was almost holding my breath thinking just this concept of hand holding and like this could be the last time like one of these days he's not going to grab my hand naturally and so that concept of hand holding and and how that made me reflect on all of the lasts how we don't know the last time we're going to nurse our baby or change a diaper or carry a child and and so that that hand holding concept is just so near and dear to my heart because it is such a special thing and of course still to this day he you know I'll hold his hand in private <laughs> he's all my boys I feel such a close connection to and so when I heard that song for the first time I was just a mess because it just hit me in that really special place so mm. I love that and I love to I mean this is just a side note but how cool to be a songwriter where you get to sit around. I mean, I can't imagine the process of what I'm a writer, but to sit around and just brainstorm and come up with these lyrics, like, I guess there's probably others out there who, you know, have, have gifts. And I always encourage moms in the years where you're raising those little kids that if you are interested in writing, in poetry, in singing, like explore those gifts. And so I think how cool to try songwriting, like what a beautiful thing. And, and I guess it's just a process like any other writing. You just, what does it look like? Talk, walk totally. over. You just sit down and start writing out lyrics. Does the music come later? Um, look it, at me. I don't know anything about this. Yeah, no, I mean, everybody does it differently. Okay. Sometimes, okay. Yeah. There are some songwriters who will create the entire track, like and create the entire music part of the song. And then they'll come up with a melody and then they'll come up with the lyrics. I don't tend to work that way. I generally like the music and the lyric comes at the same time. Um, but I, these days, what I find really inspiring is I, I'll sit down with like a concept and I'll just take out a notebook and just kind of free write. Like it doesn't have to rhyme. There's no meter. It doesn't matter how many syllables. 
and I'll just kind of write this free form yeah. poem basically. Mm-hmm. And then I'll take that into my writing session with like my husband and normally another songwriter and I'll read that. And that will be the springboard for the actual song. And then we'll kind of pick out like the phrases that we like, and then those will end up as actual lyrics. And then we'll build around that. Okay. This is so fun. I'm going to dream of becoming a singer songwriter now. (laughs) (laughs) I I just love that whole idea. Okay. So you wrote hand to hold and what was, what happened after that? Did it go big right away? Has it been like a process and how did it become a book? And then tell us about the book because it's so beautiful. Okay. Well, with most things in my career, it's been a, like a slow growth. Sure. Um, I love it. That's good. It's just, it's just kind of the nature of like my voice and the songs that I sing. They're just very understated. So there's not like this big, like in your face, wow moment. Um, so it always takes a little while That's for, okay. for it to grow. Yeah. Um, but like, as of now, hand to hold is my top streamed song and I think on Spotify it has over 10 million streams. Oh my goodness. Yep. So that that's kind of my mind blowing. Mind blowing. Um, Seriously. But uh, about a year and a half ago I got an email from an editor from a publishing company and she said, okay, so my husband has been bugging me for six months about your song, Hand to Hold. He keeps telling me I need to reach out to you and that it would make an amazing children's book. So he, like, so I'm finally doing it. And as soon as she suggested the idea, I was totally into it. And so we started the process and it was so fun because, we, you know, when you make music, it's all audio. But making a children's book, we're incorporating this visual aspect as well. And so we got to brainstorm and dream about, like, what do we want the illustrations to look like? Mm-hmm. And um, the whole process was just so fun and inspiring. Yeah. And and the illustrations are so beautiful. Was that a process, too, to just find the right illustrator? Yeah. So they asked us um, to send them some examples of different illustrators that we liked, my husband and I. And then um, and then they would send us some options. We would look at their portfolios and, and then we'd say, OK, we love this one. And then they'd reach out to them and say, like, they're not available right now. Mm. OK, let's start over. Um, but we finally found this illustrator named Alyssa Peterson. And she's a mom and she lives in Texas with her family and she has a background in animation. Mm-hmm. And, and so you can really see that come through on the illustrations. Definitely. Um, and because my husband has a background in photography, like photojournalism, um, light is very important to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we loved the way that Alyssa like played with the light. And if you see the book, you can notice there are all of these like beautiful backlit scenes um, where pretty much every page there's, there's just some like glowing element yes, that just looks I love magical. That. Definitely. Okay. Well, along those lines, I just want to talk a little bit about the content because of course, with boy moms listening, you're a girl mom, but this book is so precious for really all ages. And again, the song, I played it for my whole family and all ages loved the song itself. But what I love and what I write a lot about in Raising Boys and 
parenting in general is the theme of wonder mm-hmm. and how children often inspire their parents in this. And so want to just talk a little bit about your daughters and how they've inspired you in this area of wonder? Sure. I think kids are just naturally good at that. Um, you know, and, and part of it is they're experiencing so many things for the first time. And, and I think that we can lose our sense of wonder when we're exposed to it over and over. Right. We forget how amazing it is. I mean, something as simple as the sunrise or the sunset or like dew drops on the leaves and, and children are such a wonderful reminder to us to slow down and absorb the magic of those moments because, you know, normally we're, we're on our way to do something else. We got to get something done, like check something off the list. And, um, it can be, be so frustrating sometimes because our children slow us down. Yeah. Um, but I think to, there are so many times when we can just shift our mindset a little bit. And instead of being hurried to like meet our child in that moment, because they're also like so good at inviting us into it. Like if you notice, like most children, like my daughter, Nora, especially when she was little, we would drop Lucy off at kindergarten. We walk her to school, which was amazing. And then Nora and I would walk back home and And she would, she would stop, you know, every three feet and point something out. And like, um, she would say, look at the, I, there, look, there are mushrooms, mom, come, mommy, come look at the mushrooms. You know, it's, it's not just like, I see mushrooms. These are amazing. It's It's, like, mommy, come come see. Mm, Uh Wow. Like they're, they're always inviting us into, into that moment. And I think the more we can, we can say yes to that invitation, the, the more joy that we will experience. Totally. And I, I think again, and, and I'm coming from just such a sentimental place right now because I have these college boys home for the summer and I have my whole family together. But again, when I watch the music video, which I'll be linking to in our show notes for sure, but I just saw flashes of my own sons and, you know, you show the little boy with the cape on and as much as I've loved motherhood and I feel like I've given it my all, I think we're all going to look back and um, I don't want to cry here talking about it, but (laughs) I should have enjoyed it more. I should have slowed Mm -hmm. down more. And all of a sudden I have a 22 year old who was that boy in the Cape. And so I guess I would say to people listening, play these songs, read this book and take, take it to heart and consider where we all might slow down. I mean, even for me, I still have an 11 year old at home. And so where am I rushing through the day with him when he's saying, mommy, watch right now it's golf, you know, watch, watch my golf swing. And I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But really one day he'll too be a 22 year old. And I'll think, why didn't I watch more? Why didn't I slow down more? And so I love that. And, and, um, you talk about some practical ways. I know that, that, your music is one way that you've learned to communicate love for your daughters and offer other people a way. Cause some of us struggle to figure out the best way to communicate our love to our kids. But what are some other ways that we, you recommend people showing love and support for their kids, even as they grow up, you know, when they're not just little toddlers anymore, you've got some thoughts on that. 
Yeah. Well, one of my favorite ones, which is so simple, um, but it's let them see your eyes light up Mm. when you see them. Mm. Um, And so for me, especially like the first time I see them in the morning, um, I just want them to see the joy on my face that, that they bring delight to me to know that I delight in them. Um, even if I was super mad at them the night before, you know? And so that, yeah, yeah, that's just one, one easy way. Um, and then, you know, I think we all have our strengths and weaknesses and some of us aren't as gifted with words. And, and so I think that's, what's so amazing about songs and about, books, like reading books with Mm -hmm. your children to just give language to all the things that you want to say, but don't know how to, to say it. Um, and I think, you know, the other day I heard something like so simple, but so profound, but, um, somebody was talking about how giving someone your attention is the same as showing them love. Like love is attention. Sure. And, and so, you know, with your kids, you can't always just stop everything and like attend to all of their needs. But I think, um, like at least a couple times a day, just give them your full and complete attention. And for some of us, that's, that's putting our phones down, closing the laptop, having nothing in front of you, because I think it's just so easy to be distracted and trying to multitask, but yeah giving kids full attention is huge and they notice it, they recognize it and they, they need that. I, I love it. Okay. Well, as we come to a close here, I've asked many guests in the past and I would love to hear from you. If you were to give your younger self, a younger mom, any words of wisdom from what you've learned so far, uh, what would you say? And maybe to some of the younger moms listening, I would say, don't be so afraid to make mistakes as a parent because it will happen. It is inevitable. Um, and it, it also creates this really amazing opportunity for you to apologize to your children so that they can see what it looks like, uh, like model that behavior for them. Um, and then also for them to recognize that oh my goodness, like my mom is not perfect and she makes mistakes. And so if, especially if you have a child who struggles with perfectionism and is very performance oriented Mm -hmm. for them to see you as their parent, Mm -hmm. um, like acknowledge, I, man, I, I made a mistake. I, I messed up. Um, and, and I'm really sorry that I hurt your feelings. Um, I think it just like takes so much pressure off of them to see like, okay, if mom's not perfect, then maybe it's okay for me not to be perfect. Sure. Either. Yeah. Um, and what to do when they make a mistake. Now they're getting yeah. that modeled. So exactly. Oh, that's yeah. good. That's really good. I love it. Well, I'm excited that I'm a newer fan of you and your work and you do something special on the first Friday of every month. Can you tell everybody? Cause I'm going to be tuning into this. I'm telling Alexa, <laughs> I'm telling Alexa, but tell us how we can find it too. That's right. Well, um, on the first Friday of every single month, I put a new song out. 
And then I also release like albums throughout the course of the year sometimes as well. <laughs> so I just love creating new content. Yeah, that's that's huge. And if people want to get that first Friday and everything else, tell us where they can be sure that they get it all. Where, where, yeah. where can they find you? Sure. So, I mean, the easiest thing is to just tell Siri or Alexa or Google, like, play the new song by J.J. Heller. <laughs> kind of magical that, that that's a thing. Right? Um, Who would have thought? And then, yeah, I, uh, if you want to look through the whole musical catalog or want to see what I've been up to, um, just go to jjheller.com. And it has all the links to like Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, mm-hmm. you know, everything is there. Awesome. Awesome. And any other projects you're working on that you can give us a little, a little heads up to keep an eye out for? Um, yeah, I might be working on another lullaby album Ooh, right yeah. now. So, so good. So good. Stay tuned I love for it. that. You know, I get, I get a lot of emails from moms who struggle with bedtime, you know, bedtime routine, trying to get kids to settle down I just love that we live in a time where you can, you, we've got Alexa. I mean, Alexa can play your kids lullabies to put them to sleep, right? Like this is, I, my boys are old enough that this, this wasn't a thing back when they were little. So what's the best way? What do you recommend? Do people, what do most people do who are using your lullabies to put little ones to bed? Do they use an Alexa? Do they have their kids with little earphones? What do they do? Sure. I think a lot of them just have like a little echo dot or something, a little speaker in their kid's room. And the amazing thing is like kid, the kid can say like, play I Dream of You by J.J. Heller. Incredible. Seriously. <laughs> what a world. Yeah. What a great time to be you. I love what yeah. you do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so fun. Okay, real quick. You've got a podcast too. So don't be shy here. She's not telling us everything. Tell tell everybody all the places. We got your website. We got Siri and Alexa. Now you got a podcast. What do you do yeah. there? So uh, my podcast is called Instrumental with JJ Heller and my husband and I co-host it and we just talk to really fascinating people about the instrumental moments in their life who that made them who they are today. So cool. Can't wait to check that out as well. And I'm married to a Dave too, so we've got that in common. (laughs) Daves are great, aren't they? Yes, they are. Uh, Well, thank you so much. I'm super inspired and I'm going to keep watching that video until I can watch it without crying, but I don't (laughs) think that'll happen. And if anyone hasn't heard JJ, I hope you rush over, go to show notes, get the links to all the places you can find and follow her. And I hope you write more books because I'm thinking that there's probably a whole lot of lullabies that would make beautiful children's books. So keep that going, okay? Thank you so much. You betcha. God bless. Aloha. All right, friends. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with JJ Heller. And I really hope that you can check out some of her beautiful music and be encouraged and inspired and have your tissues handy when you listen. But also there will be links to her and her book and everything else in the show notes, which are found at monicaswanson.com forward slash episode dash 135. And that sweet little book of hers would make such a beautiful Christmas gift. So thank you so much for being here with us today. Thanks for being a part of this podcast community. Let's enjoy 
every minute of this holiday season. Let's enjoy the wonder, the magic, um, pointing our kids again and again to Jesus and the real meaning of Christmas. And I just pray that JJ's music too can usher you into just such an appreciation for your family and for everything God is doing. So guys, have a wonderful rest of your week. And until next time, aloha. Aloha.